God's design for the family. And this is our week three. And I want to start talking to ladies today. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not oh, is it that bad? I'm not that bad. Anyway, I'm going to be talking to the ladies today because, honestly, if we are very true to ourselves, God is really, really looking for godly ladies. In a society now where you will see a man, all the men are dressed with their suits, and then you see the ladies coming beside them and they are half-dressed, even among Christians, we are seeing everything, the culture change, and the, the pressure is, for, is really on the women. It's the women that want to be like men. It's the women that want to take control. There are some things that God has made us to be, and we are, when we are not working in that role, everything gets upside down, topsy-turvy. So today my topic is going, it's just simple, choose to be a woman of virtue. Choose to be a virtuous woman. I kind of went ahead and did a little bit of reading and, and research concerning marriage and divorce in this country. And what I found out was this. Every 36 seconds, there is a divorce that takes place. So since I've been up here praying for these children, we've probably had about 10 to 12. I don't know how many that has taken place. Every 36 seconds. So in one day, you have 2,400 divorces. And this, this was from, I think, 2020. In a week, it's 6,800 divorces. And in a year, it's 876,000. So every 36 seconds, a family is split up. And like I said, half of these are people in the church. So you can see that there is such an attack against families. There is such an attack because the, the devil knows that the family is the foundation of every society. When the society goes down, go back and look. It's because there's been a breakdown in the family. So we are going to stay on this issue. No matter how difficult it is, God needs to have godly men and women. He's relying on us. He's relying on us to turn the tide. And the scripture is very clear about what is expected. I mean, that's what I love about the Bible. The Bible is very clear about what the role of the man is. Very clear about what the role of the woman is. And so no matter how much the pressure is on us by the society to redefine the roles, we must say no. And stay within what the Bible says we should stay within. And do what the Bible says we, do, we should do as husbands, as wives, and as mothers. And so, we are going to look at the Proverbs 31 woman. I know for all of us ladies here, if you've been a Christian for a long time, that is a chapter, or when you get to that chapter, you kind of quickly turn the page. Because of some of the things we read about the Proverbs 31 woman, and we just think, oh no, there's no way I can ever be that. But I'm hoping that by the time I'm done today, you will begin to see that chapter. It's just verses 10 to 31 of chapter 31. You will begin to see that chapter a little bit different. Because truly, it is not the acts 
it is not the duties or the chores that the woman was doing that made her a virtuous woman. It was the attitude of her heart. It was the way she carried herself. It was the way she knew herself. And it was the way she affected people. I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night to start cooking for my children. That is not what God is saying when you read that, that she gets up in the middle of the night and she prepares food for her husband and her children and for those in her household. I don't have servants. I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night. If you're hungry in the middle of the night, you go to the refrigerator, get yourself some food, or you call some food in and eat. So that's not what it's talking about. So, and that is what women have been fixated on because it seems like this woman is a superwoman. She's able to do all these things. But that is not the thing. That is really not the issue. So I'm going to read the verses. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And then when I start taking it verse by verse, I'm going to take my time. Like I said, I'm not rushing this series. So if this takes two weeks to finish this virtuous woman, it will take two weeks. But I'm going to read verses 10 to 31 in Proverbs 31. It says, who can find a virtuous and capable, a capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. Verse 15, she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her seven girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With the earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong and a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. Verse 20, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bed spreads. Hmm, that I will never do. <laughs> she dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. Verse 29, there are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all so when you read this there are always two reactions from women the first one is no one can ever attain this standard nobody can ever attain this no matter what we do nobody can do this or you can read it and say okay maybe i'm not trying enough let me try a little bit harder so i'm hoping today you're going to be on the number two to say okay let me listen to what pastor has to say and as a woman, what areas in my life, because like I said, if we are going to raise godly children and affect the next generation to continue the way we are continuing, and even better, you can tell from what we see around us that we are failing woefully. If my child's faith is not greater than mine, before I die, if Christ tarries, I have failed them. 
Because my child should have more fire in their bones because of what I have taught them. So that is the whole idea, ladies, why we are doing this. So that we can reevaluate ourselves, how we are as women, first of all. How we are living our lives and carrying ourselves as women, as wives if we are married, and as mothers. And if you are not married here, if you are a single girl, there are things here that you need to start learning. As a young girl, that as a, as a virtuous woman, virtue doesn't only relate to married women. It's for single girls too. And I will talk about that when I start going through the scriptures. So we must remember that it's not just a standard that we cannot reach. Now, there are wrong assumptions when we talk about the virtuous woman or the Proverbs 31 woman. The first thing we assume is that we have to do exactly the same things that she's doing. That's not true. Like I just said, I, there's no way I can ever sow. I don't know how to sow. So if you're saying if I don't sow, and so I'm not a virtuous woman, then that's not what God is saying. God is not telling you you have to do the acts that she's doing. Now, number two, she's not your stereotypical stay-at-home mom. You know, you stay at home, your husband goes to work, you just you stay at home, take care of the children, cook, you know, your place is in the home. That's not what this is saying. Also, she's not the woman, the corporate woman who wants to climb the ladder and is, you know, everything is business and all and she forsakes her family. That's not what it is. The thing about this woman is she's a woman of balance. Her life is balanced. She knows when to do her business. She knows when to take care of her family. She knows her duties to her husband for those that are married. That is the key. Being a woman of balance, not being excessive in anything you do. I, I own a business, I've owned a business since 2005. I'm very successful. I don't apologize for it. I was married before my husband died, almost 31 years. I've raised three children. All my children are in the medical field. I have told you it's in medical school. My oldest is a doctor. My daughter is a dentist. It does, those things don't come by sleeping in the, all night. Those things don't come by leaving your children to do whatever they want to do. There are things that I knew from the very first day I got married that I set in my eyes to do and to tell myself, if God blesses me with children, I have a responsibility to make them follow Christ and to be useful citizens. I have a duty to my husband, and I knew God gave me gifts for business. And I also knew I had to do it, but my marriage always came first. Even as I walk now, this ministry comes first. Those that work for me, I have a couple of them here. This ministry comes first before my business. So as a woman and as a mother and as a wife, you have to on your own sit down and say, what legacy do I want to leave? You have to answer that. And so when you first make that decision, and that decision, we are going to see it at the end of this thing. What the woman said, the woman who fears the Lord is the key. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And I'm not saying afraid of God and shaking, no. The respect and awe of God and the willingness to do what God says to do, despite how difficult it is. It is not easy to be, stay up till 12 midnight to pray for children that are not mine. But I know it is a call of God. These women that wake up, we have about 19 or 20 women now. It is not, nothing you do that lasts is easy. Listen to me. 
We always want the easy way out. If you want to make an impact in anyone's life, in this generation, in anything you do, it is hard. It is hard. And so we are not people who shirk away from hard things. We do hard things. We do hard things. She's a woman of balance. She knows what to do. She calculates. Let's look at the word virtue. What's the meaning of the word virtue? It has three things involved in virtue. The one is moral excellence. The second thing is strength. And that's not physical strength. It's not physical strength. There's no way, no day I will ever be as strong. We women, we can never be as strong as the men. But when you're strong spiritually, when you're strong emotionally, you're not wishy-washy. When you're mentally stable and strong, that is what the woman of the Proverbs 31 woman is. And then self-sacrifice. When you talk about virtue, think of, always think of those three traits. Self-sacrifice, moral excellence, and strength. Now, we're going to look at verse to verse of what a virtuous woman, a godly woman, the kind of woman God is calling all of us ladies here to be. And if you're a man here, you're not married, take notes because you need to know how to pick a wife. I'm serious. You better take note. If you're getting, dating a girl because she's cute, if you're dating a girl because she's hot, however you all say it, Heart goes away real quick. <laughs> I know that. I wasn't this big when I got married. So if, somebody, if, if my husband married me because I was a size zero, then when you become a size eight or size whatever it is, 16, 20, so what happens then? So there are qualities as young men you look for in a woman. And as young women, you need to start developing this because even when it started, look at that, look at it. Verse 10, he says, who can find, now from this, I'm going to be using New King James from this level, from this time on. He says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? He didn't say who can find a virtuous and capable woman. There are women and there are wives. She's already a wife before he found her. He says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. This woman knows her value. She knows her value. She knows who she is. Even if she has made her mistake, she knows that God values her. She knows that she carries weight in the spirit. And so because of that, she's not just a common person. Because of the value that she has, even though she's made her mistakes, she knows that she's special. She knows that she's, she's important. She knows that her spirit man, her, her person, is not just anyhow. And so she carries herself that way. The Bible says, who can find her? That means she's not, you, you won't find her on the streets at 2 a.m., like young girls. You won't find her in the bar. You won't find her with, with, boy, with boys. She, you, she's not the one that every boy thinks she's, she's cheap. You know, the Bible says she's more precious, more than precious jewels. 
And when she's that precious, she carries herself that way because she knows she's a woman of value. And she's referred to already as a wife, not as just a woman. This woman here, because she's valuable, she's not advertising her body. When she dresses, she dresses well, modestly, because she knows there's value in the body parts God has given her. She doesn't let it out for everybody, the whole world to see. And I'm, I, sometimes it just makes me wonder, even married women, you see them dress and you're wondering, what are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove? Does it have to be so low cut? Does it have to be so short? short? Even believers. I mean, what are we trying to prove? We cannot use the standard of the world. If they say the dress fashion now is that your cleavage must show and everything must spill out, that is not godly. Maybe nobody has told. It's not godly. Godly women, you carry yourself like somebody who knows that she has value. And so, young men, if you're looking for a wife, a woman you want to even talk to, if she's advertising her wares like that, every man is saying it, she doesn't know her value. And you ladies, don't dress to this church with anything showing. I will walk you out. We have to bring this back. We have to bring these values back. And then remember, jewels, they are under pressure. You don't just go and pick gold. You don't just pick rubies or diamonds on the, on the ground. They are hidden and they are, they are produced under pressure. So this woman, she's as precious as rubies because she's allowed God to work on her. She's allowed God to develop her in secret. This is the woman that has been through a whole lot, but it has brought out the beauty in her. She's not the one who's te- quick to tell everybody the trouble she's been through. People see her and they know she's been through trouble, but she brings a grace. In a, there's a grace in her life that attracts people to her. There's something about her. You know how we, 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 we women, we know how we're attracted to jewelry. There's a beauty in her. God has, has worked on her through pressure. That's what I'm saying. Be willing to allow God to work on you. No single woman, no single person has it easy. They may make it look easy, but God is working on them in private. So whatever difficulties you're going through, let God work it out. Everything will always work out together for good. That's what the Bible says. You have to work with God to make it work together for good. Verse 11. It says her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. Trust. This woman is trustworthy. It is an honor for your husband to trust you. It is an honor, ladies, for people to trust you. It is an honor for them to come and be willing to expose themselves and tell you their deep secrets. It is an honor. And if somebody does that and they trust you, and you are the kind of woman that cannot keep your mouth shut, you are not trustworthy. If you are a woman that gossips, you are not a Proverbs 31 woman. If you are a woman that is on the phone, you are talking on the phone half of the time, you are talking about somebody else, you need to watch that. This woman, she's trustworthy. Her husband can reveal things that are vulnerable. Men don't tell their wives vulnerable things. Let me tell you. 
when I was married, there were some things as the marriage progressed, my husband would tell me some things. I'm like, I've been married for you eight, ten years. I never knew this. No man will expose himself to you if he sees you talking about somebody else on the phone. He's hearing you. That sister called you and told you something, and immediately she drops. You pick up the phone to call Sister B and say, Ah, did you hear what happened? She just called me. He's watching you. And he said, No, I'm not, I can't be safe with this woman. If I tell her the same thing, that's the same thing she's going to do. So men watch because men is their ego. When they are out there, and they, want to, they want to feel like they are, they are conquering, they are succeeding, they are, they are on top. They won't always feel that way. So it takes a man a long time to show the vulnerable side of him to tell you things. And if he tells you that and the very first day you fight, you throw it back at his face, forget it. He will never tell you anything again. And so when your husband exposes himself to you, when I mean expose, I mean when he reveals things about that are vulnerable, because all men have that side of them, that are very vulnerable, that you have to be careful how you walk. And then the first time you fight, because we can't keep our lips, we just throw it back at him, you've destroyed him, and he will not trust you again. And sometimes that's the beginning of trouble, because he starts to down do things. Maybe he comes from a meeting. And you're asking him, how did the meeting go? And he just says, oh, it went well. And you're wanting more details. And he's not willing to tell you details. Find out why. Find out why. This woman is trustworthy. She's not manipulative. She's not resentful. She's not vengeful. She's not mean. She doesn't trick people. She's not in competition with anybody. She's her own person. She's confident in who she is. And so if, when you tell her stuff, she doesn't feel like she has to make you look small by telling other people so they can look at you with, with wrong eyes. Because when people talk and gossip about people, it's just because of this one thing. You want to feel superior to somebody. That is it. And so it, it makes your heart glad. You may not know it. It makes your heart glad that somebody else is going through stuff that you are not going through. And so you want to go tell other people to make yourself feel superior. That's not a trustworthy person. Verse 12. It says she brings her husband good, not harm, all the days of her life. All, did not say all the days of his life? It's her own life. So what does that tell you? That this woman is stable. She's very stable. Let me tell you, I know we say women, we are hormonal, we are this, we are that, but we can pray against it. We shouldn't have our children, we shouldn't have our, mother, our, our husbands, we shouldn't have people not knowing what version of us they are going to get when they walk in. Your husband is coming home, he's so scared because he doesn't know if he's, meet, he's going to meet Dracula when he comes home. A woman is supposed to be stable. Your emotions should be stable. Let your children see you as a stable woman, not as up and down, up and down, crazy, roller coaster. The same thing with your husband. Even when he comes, he's, he's upset, or you, should, you are the one that controls the temperature of your home. The woman does. That's why the Bible says a man would rather stay on the corner of a rooftop than stay with a, a, a woman that is very contentious. Because they can't handle it. Most homes, when you see the children, every, there's so much chaos. 
The Bible says a soft answer, a soft answer turns away wrath. And he's talking to the woman. He says for the woman, a soft answer turns away wrath. So if your husband or your children come in wanting to fight, like I keep telling him, it takes two to fight. If I choose not to fight with you, eventually you can't be boxing yourself. Eventually you back off. But if you come in, you're hot and I'm hot, then it starts and it never stops. And then you say things that you really don't mean, and once it leaves your mouth, you can't take it back and put it back in your mouth. Even if you say you're sorry as many times, once you speak it, it is gone. And every word you speak is not idle. God says we'll give account of everything we speak because everything you spoke affected something in your life or affected something in somebody else's life. No word is idle. So women, let us think before we speak. Always think. Measure your words carefully. Ponder on it. Don't be a knee-jerk reaction woman that just comes out. What comes out, you say it, and then you go back to bed and you, you start thinking and wondering, did I say that? Don't ever write a text when you're angry to your husband. Don't ever call him when you're angry. Write it down. Keep it in your Bible and pray. I promise you the next day you're going to tear it. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm serious. She's trustworthy. She's stable. She's consistent. She can be counted on. He says she will do him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So there's no day that the man or the children will feel or the friends of this woman feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to expect. No. They know that she's going to be there for them. They know that she's going to be consistent. They know that she's going to be calm. They, they know that she's a woman that you can count on. She's faithful. She's strong. She's stable. Verse 14. She's like a merchant ship. She's like... It didn't say she's a merchant ship. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. This woman is very prudent and very resourceful. What do I mean by that? A merchant ship goes from port to port looking for the best deals. In fact, when I was studying and putting this together, the face that came to me was Kim. Where's Kim Taylor? She's the face that came up to me. This woman here, stand up, let them see you. This woman here, she's the one that buys all the food that we use for our, women, uh, for our outreach every first Saturday of the month for the community. The money we give her to shop for all the goods that she brings, it's not really that much. But she knows where she, I don't know where she does it, that she gets eggs for like 30 cents a dozen. But this woman, will, she goes from store to store to store. Now they know her, and she knows where to get the best deals. That's an example of what it means to be resourceful. Consider. That's exactly what it means to be a woman who is resourceful and knows where to bring her goods from afar. She's not, she's not just willing to spend her money. She knows how to stretch the budget of the family. She knows how to make the money. I mean, let me tell you something. One thing I've always told people when they come in and they wanting to be counseled about finances of the home. You can see a couple that earns 50000 a year. They are fine. They don't fight. They manage their money. They are able to eat. They dress well. And then you will see another couple that earns the same amount. 
They are in debt, constantly griping, money is not enough. Everything they are fighting about is for finances because one person wants the other person to bring in more money. What is the difference? That's what I'm talking about. That's the woman here. She's prudent and she's resourceful. She knows how to spend. She knows how to get the best deals. She knows where to go to. Amen? Then number 15, verse 15, sorry. The Bible says she also, this is the one that made me laugh. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Now, if you think you have to wake up at night to cook, like I said, that's not, that's not, it's not possible. We are not in that age and time. What he's simply saying here is that this woman, she's a server. She's a server. She serves people. Let me read it again. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. This woman, she's a server. She loves to serve. And she's, not, she's willing to serve even those that are beneath her per se, although there's not anybody beneath anyone. Once you're in Christ, we're all one. This woman, her servant, she's willing to serve. And guess what the Bible says? Say, let the greatest among you be also the servant. That is what that verse is saying. It's saying that this woman loves to serve. She's the one you can call upon to do the dirty work in the church and she won't complain. She's the one in the home that does everything that needs to be done to make everybody comfortable. She's a server and she does it gladly. That is what that verse is saying. He said, let the greatest among you be your servant. When we serve our families, when we serve our husbands, when we serve our children, when we serve in the church, when we serve in our community, it tells about the quality and caliber of, of, of a woman that you are. That you are not self-centered in a society where everything has to be me, 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 me. To see a woman who is willing to serve who is willing to drive from store to store to store to buy food stuff, not for herself, but to feed the community. To see a woman who is willing to come and say, okay, what do you want me to do? When your husband comes, you're willing to serve him. You're willing to lower yourself. Whatever he needs to be done, you do it for him. And you do it out of a love. And he can see that you're willing to serve him. It's easy for a man to love a woman like that. If you serve your husband, he will love you, I'm telling you. But when you, I mean, I have seen good marriages, and thank God we have a lot of them in this church, but I have also seen terrible marriages, where it's like two good people came together to destroy each other. And it's just because of selfishness. Everybody wants their own. I want, I want, I want, I want. What about letting the other person, why do you always have to win? What does it matter if you win the argument or if you, if you do the thing that you, you are so strong on and your marriage falls apart? What is the gain? Or your children grow up thinking that the woman is the one that wears pants in the home. What is the gain? It's good to be feminine. It's good to be soft. It's good to be, to be gentle. The Bible says, God says, he treasures in a woman, above all things, a quiet and a gentle spirit. That's how he made us. We are gentle. We are not, you know what is, a woman means wombed man. A woman, that's who you are. You are just, you are wombed and you are breasted because you are made to nurture. 
you're made to, to, to receive and to, and to hide and to provide and to keep. That's what we do. That's how God made us, even the way we are made. And so a woman cannot be the one you, you're just controlling everybody. You want everything done your way in the house. You're the one yelling and, and screaming. No, God didn't make you that way. Be a servant. Live your life serving your family. Let your children know if they are doing an exam, it's too much for them. Who they are going to call is mama. Because they know once mom prays, it calms everything down for them. That is what we are called to be, women. That is what we are. If women do all of this, we will not have all these divorces and cantacaros children and craziness going on in families. We can't afford to keep losing our children. Acts 20 verse 35. It says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this. That you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. That he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Give, serve. Give of yourself. Self-sacrifice yourself. Amen. Verse 16 and 17. I knew I won't finish, but like, you give me time to do this series, please. Give me time. Give me time. Verse 16 and 17 says, She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. This woman, she's industrious and she's financially savvy. She knows how to take care of finances. This tells me that God encourages women to work. That's what the Bible says. She considers a field. This is not a stupid woman. This is not the stay-at-home stereotypical woman that when they stay at home, they believe their only thing is just to cook, to clean. Most men, don't, men want women that are smart. Can I tell you that? No. Bless you. <laughs> no man wants a foolish, stupid woman as a wife. Men want to be, they want their mind to be stimulated too. When your husband brings a topic to discuss, you should be able to discuss with your husband. And most of the time, these stereotypes, when I see it, there's just some things I'm like, a woman can be a priest and a king just like David was. You can do your job very well as a priest in your home. You can also be a king commanding people out there. You can do both. So this idea of the woman, oh, everything, you're like, no, you're not a mouse. This Bible says she considers. She considers a field and she buys it. And then from the profits of that thing, she goes and plants a vineyard. She knows that the children, she wants to leave something for her children. Vineyard is year after year after year after year of harvest. So this woman knows how to plan for the long term. She knows how to invest. She knows the best areas to put her money in from the profit she's made from her little trade. She knows how to plan financially. She's financially savvy. She's not wasteful. She doesn't go with the fad. Oh, everything is this now, then she spends all her money on that. No. She considers that word. Read a, do, do a study on just that word, considers. And see what that means. She thinks, she's very thoughtful, she makes decisions weighing the pros and the cons. 
She decided, okay, this field, maybe she considered all other fields, considered other businesses, but she said this particular one, this particular field, this one, a field, that's one she wanted to buy. And then when she sold it, because that's what it's telling you, she bought the field and then she sold it. And from the profits of that, she went and... So this woman knows how to multiply her money. Ladies, I'm going to stop here today. I have a lot to do, to talk about. How she prepares for difficult seasons. How she doesn't let her light be quenched. It's a lot. It's a lot. But like I said, this will take another whole week. But I want us to stand up this morning. Amen? Our goal, our, our desire and our prayer is that this church will be a church that when people walk in that door, they will know there's something different about us. They will know that we carry a spirit of excellence. They will know that as parents, we are raising godly children. They will see our husband, this woman, when they see her husband at, at the gate, when they see her husband is in public, she's, they, he's respected because of her. She knows how to influence people. She's an influencer. There's a lot of things to talk about this woman. So next week we'll probably finish. And then I still have to talk about your role, women. Because we talked about the role of the man, the responsibilities of the man for his wife. We will talk about the role of the woman as well. So young ladies, invite your friends. This is what they need to hear. Invite your friends that are not married. Married women, invite your friends to come and listen. Let's raise our hands. Oh God, we thank you, Father, for the revelation of your word. Father, we are hungry, we are hungry, we are hungry to become the women that you've created us to be, God. Father, we are hungry, oh God. We want to make an impact in this generation, in this society, where everything has gone crazy. When all we see are the Jezebels and the Delilahs, God. We want to see the roots, oh God. We want to see the Esthers, oh God. We want to see the Proverbs 31 woman, Father. That we set godly examples on how a woman is supposed to be. Gentle. Consistent, faithful, stable, joyful, good, self-sacrificing. All the benefits, all the qualities that Lord you have put in every woman. You created us the way that we are. Not for, it wasn't by mistake God. It is because of the purpose for which we were created. And Lord I bless every woman here this morning. Father, may these words, may this message resound in their spirit all throughout the week, oh God. And Father, may there be a change in all of us, from the youngest to the oldest. May we begin to evaluate and reconsider our ways before you. May our husbands trust in us. May our children trust in us. May our friends trust in us. May we be women of virtue, women of honor. To the glory of your name. May our homes become homes. Secure homes. Joyful homes. A home where those that are hurting can come and find help. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Father, I bless your people for the week. 
Your word says whatever we put our hands to do, we prosper. Your word says that you surround us with favor as with a shield. As we live here this morning, we are not living your presence. You are with us going in. You are with us coming out. Father, bless everything we do this week. Increase us on every front, O oh God. Promote us for the promotion that we need from you. And we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name and the people of God said, Amen. I want to pray.